Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Hey everyone, Mike Wolf here with the Smart Home Show. It's been a over a week since I posted an episode. And I missed last Friday, so I'm actually posting the week in review for essentially last week and rolling over into the weekend because a few interesting tidbits came out, so I want to just include those. Like I said, I'm going to try and do these every week, and if I miss a few days, then I hopefully bear with me. I also have a really good conversation. I did an interview with Jeremy Jake, who is the CEO of Wally Home. So if any of you are curious about the DIY solution called Wally Home, it's basically a smart sensor around flooding and moisture. I'll post that in a few days. So let's get on with the news from last week. I think the biggest news or most interesting news was was the fact that Amazon apparently is now getting into smart home. I've read a lot about what it would look like, where they would be getting into the smart home, with what device, and you know what their approach would be. And it looks like we have some validation. Reuters had a story. Uh, it looks like they've actually got some level of validation that, that Amazon is investing in smart home research down at its secretive Lab 126 in Northern California, where they do a lot of their hardware research. For those of you who don't know, the Fire TV came out of there. And what's interesting about that is the Fire TV Generation 1, almost everyone that was involved with that product essentially is gone from Amazon. I don't know. And Amazon looks like they, they basically turn over teams or the team got turnover um, by choice, but uh, that's interesting. And so we'll see what happens with regards to the Fire TV as, as that evolves. Could that be the center of the smart home for Amazon? I think that would make a lot of sense. But maybe what's more interesting is to speculate about what Amazon's approach would be and why they would be getting into smart home. I, have, I think that essentially Amazon wants to make everything a point of sale in the home. And I think the way to do that is to basically put sensors all around the home, obviously get into wearables, and allow the consumers to basically interface with Amazon as a commerce engine when they're out of something, when they need something in their lives, shift to their house. And I think that is going to be a part of that strategy is going to be the smart home. If you know, if you've been watching them, they've certainly been putting more sensors and, and more devices that allow automated uh, ordering of things to happen. They came out, came out with a dash food sensor or scanner that allowed you to scan things around your house and allowed you to scan things uh, when you were out shopping around, and that actually interfaces with the Amazon Fresh Home Grocery Delivery Service, which is available here in the Seattle area where I live and in San Francisco, and I think it's going live in New York. But that makes a lot of sense. If, if you had this house that just knew you were out of food or knew you were out of something, um, Amazon can automate that ordering and, and make it uh, sent to your house. Now, obviously, this is first-world problems we're talking about. Maybe this is a problem looking for a solution. Um but I, I tend to think that's at least part of what Amazon's rationale and what they're thinking is here. Another cool piece of news uh, I thought was really interesting was the Wink introduction of their touchscreen controller relay device. It basically goes in your wall. You know, you replace a light switch uh, with it. You basically take it where there's an existing light switch and you put this in, in your wall. And now you have a touchscreen home command center for your Wink smart home. And in this Wink relay device that they came out with that is going to be shipping in November for $300. It's Android powered in it. There's Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and Zigbee. 
And I thought that was just uh, really fairly interesting. What made me, uh, what made me think a little bit more about it was, you know, why didn't they just make this? And I think this is probably where they're going with it down the road. But why didn't they make this out of the gate uh, as capable as the Wing Cub in terms of what types of radios it had in it? It, you know, when you look at the Wing Cub, it has, you know, Zigbee, Z-Wave, Lutron, uh, the Kit Protocol, Wi-Fi, BLE. So you have a lot of those in the relay, but you don't have all of, all of them. And I also th- I have to wonder possibly that it was maybe an architecture issue in terms of when you have your network, you, you may not be able to essentially reach the entire thing with an in-wall device versus a hub that is more of a freestanding device, may have more access or, or more kind of free range in terms of air access. Um, is that even a word? I don't know. Free range. But I think that might be one reason. But when you look at the hub, which is on sale for $49 today, which has kind of had mediocre reviews as we talked a little bit about on Amazon, um, the hub is available for $50, and the relay is available for $300. So clearly it's a much higher-end price point, um, but it's really a, a nice device. It's a, it's a touchscreen. It's Android-powered. It's clearly it's a powerful computing device. There's more to it than the hub, which essentially is just a, a, a radio aggregator. Uh, and some software to do a little bit of kind of uh, traffic control. But I think that may be eventually where they're going. And when you look at the messaging on, on the Wink site, they basically put this and then position the relays, the central command center. So I think ultimately what you might see is the Wink relay become uh, effectively a replacement for the hub. I mean, if, you follow, if you've been following Wink, you know that today they have two types of Wink-compatible devices, those that are Wink app-ready, um, which means you can control out of the box uh, that you don't need the Wink Hub, basically anything that's a Wi-Fi device. And then those, then there are those that are Wink app compatible, which means you need the Hub. Essentially, those are like the Zigbee or Z-Wave types of uh, devices. And essentially, the Relay works with those that are Wink app ready, but won't work without the Hub with those that are Wink app compatible. So what I'm saying ultimately is that if they if they were to add new radios. Um, they could effectively remove the hub and make everything work with the relay. We'll see where they go with that. I just thought it was interesting. Again, it's shipping in November for three hundred dollars, and uh, I think it's a it's a cool looking device and and one that I think makes it feel like a higher end type of solution. And that we haven't seen necessarily this type of pro- comparable product from some of the other popular DIY smart home solutions. Another piece of news is Insteon announced that they had added voice control with Microsoft Cortana to the Insteon line of smart home products. For those who have the Insteon app for Windows Phone 8.1, they can now essentially control a lot of devices, 200 different devices or so on their Insteon network with voice control. Now, not huge news, but I think it's part of a larger trend that we're seeing more and more smart home companies look to add voice control. Clearly, I think you're going to see that with with other devices, uh, the Wink Relay, Relay, which I just talked about, actually has a microphone in it, so you can conceivably imagine doing voice control using that. Um, I think you'll obviously start to see Apple move into using Siri integration and integrating, integrating Siri uh, with their smart home and their smart home ambitions, so making that accessible through the HomeKit API. Um, that's already something that they've done, so you'll start to see those products come, and you'll see that'll be interesting. So I just think that's going to be a battle. I mean, obviously, Google is going to get in there as well. Another piece of news that I thought was interesting is a company called Alert Me uh, essentially announced their their second generation, their next generation of smart home platform. Um, Alert Me actually is a company that 
oftentimes goes unnoticed here. Uh, they're a British company, uh, but they're kind of like Zonoff. They're kind of like GreenWave or, or, or iControl in that they have essentially a smart home service platform that companies can build on top of. So they have, you know, some some... So they have security companies building on top of them. They also have Lowe's, which is built the Iris product around AlertMe. Um, so clearly there's a number of companies that are using them as their cloud-based smart home solution. And so they announced their, their new Omnia platform. Uh, again, this is kind of a press release. I do think it's interesting that um, they are positioning it more as an Internet of Things, a consumer Internet, Internet of Things platform. So much like we've seen a lot of smart home providers start to broaden their message because I think when you look at a company, if you're like a service provider, like your cable company, if you're like a telephone company, telecom company, um, you have a lot more things than just stuff in the home that you want to connect to. So if you're looking for a technology solution to build around um, and the company you're thinking about using just messages around smart home, then you might skip them because you might look for someone who has a more robust solution that allows you to t touch wearables or your connected car and manage all that. And so I think that's why you see companies like Orme starting to broaden their message a little bit. And that's this their new Omnia platform and the messaging around it, I think, is part of that trend. And now a round of quick takes. Um, there's about three or four interesting stories um, and that I don't really think deserve huge analysis that I think are at least worthy of mentioning. Um, if you're kind of following the smart home closely, following all the different companies, I just thought these little quick takes would be interesting. Um, company called Doorbot, I talked to Jamie Simonoff, their their CEO, um, a while ago, um, has had a product named Doorbot, named after itself, um, that ba basically was a connected doorbell. Well, they've just decided to rename their company Ring and essentially refocus their company on DIY security, saying that they are essentially the first order of protection with some level of ability to talk to people and pre-screen them with their connected doorbell with a, with a, a camera up there. And they've, they've refashioned their doorbot or what was the doorbot and their second generation product to make it look a little, a little nicer, a little more friendly. And so that's interesting. Another interesting piece of news is something I actually noticed because uh, I was checking in on some of the, some of the smart lock companies that I follow is the company Goji, which created the Wi-Fi connected doorbell has essentially gone dark. Um, and you know, I know that this happens a lot with crowdfunding companies where they kind of delay. But when you have a company that hasn't updated their, their backers in six months, essentially it's been six months since they made any sort of update, they miss their ship date by quite a bit, looks to me like basically they've run into problems. And, you know, when you I'm seeing this more and more and, and just writing about it a little bit more. It's clearly been a trend where hardware companies that have crowdfunded their device um, realize at some point that's a lot harder to commercialize a product and actually create a product that's ready to ship to consumers um, for the amount of money that they got. And oftentimes they don't have enough money. So a lot of times you see crowdfunded companies that got a nice round go out, you know, another round of funding through venture capitals, capitalists. And I know that Goji was actually out there trying to raise money, trying to raise money for their company. And it looks like they may either have not gotten money to help them get the product to market or essentially they've run into problems. Because as you know, a lot of times crowdfunded companies have a great idea. They may have something close to a prototype, um, but oftentimes it's more idea than actual working product. And, um, you know, one of the, the issues with Wi-Fi connected door locks is has always been whether or not you can do this and make it power, not as power hungry as most Wi-Fi devices are. And uh, that was always kind of the issue. Would that be able to be done? And they, they effectively said it could be done. Well, maybe it can't. So we'll see where Goji goes. You know, I'm going to check in with them, see if I hear anything from them. But I just thought that was worth at least mentioning. 
Speaking of smart locks, there's a new company called Haven that actually created something called, uh, or at least is creating something called a, a, a smart lock that is essentially a smart door jam. Um, and they're on Kickstarter now. I think they've raised $60,000 or so. I think they're aiming for 150000 So, again, this is Kickstarter, so we have no idea if they'll ship. But Kickstarter is actually getting a lot stricter in terms of their requirements. So if it's on Kickstarter, it's probably a little more reassuring than if it's on any go-go. Um, but they effectively created a smarter home lock. They're calling it a smart home lock that essentially skips the deadbolt altogether and creates a smart door jam. It goes at the floor of the door and basically creates a, a, a barrier for the door from opening. And it's something that looks like it obviously it, it's not as easy to pick as a, a deadbolt. If you're someone who has a deadbolt that can be picked, you know, a lot of people have said that the, the Kivo smart lock deadbolt is actually fairly easy. If you're someone who is a, uh, a good at sidestepping security and, and access control, a lot of people have said that that is a fairly easy one to, to get around. This one might be a little more challenging. And another issue with locks in general is there's just a lot of intellectual property. So a lot of the startups you've seen in the smart lock space, a lot of the ones I've talked to have, have been have had to have been fairly creative around their intellectual property property because there are um, a lot of patents. Um, this is something that isn't a new market, and people have been creating you know connected access control for uh, over a decade. And so when you're someone coming new to the space, you can't just go and create a a, a lock um, that is just like a deadbolt that is connected because you might be infringing on a lot of patents. And this one looks like it may be a creative way to sidestep that as well as possibly, possibly be more secure. So that's it. That's the Smart Home Week in Review for the week ending September 26th. Thank you for checking in with me. Um, if you want to listen to more, go to technology.fm. You can also subscribe to the Smart Home Show uh, in iTunes and Stitcher. And SoundCloud. And you, like always, you can get the written version of this. There's actually a write-up of this. You can find that at technology.fm. I'll also post it at the Next Market blog. Just go to nextmarket.co, hit blog, and you'll find that there as well. And subscribe to the newsletter. I'll let you know every time one of these goes up, you can actually get it in your inbox. How's that for convenience? So if you're someone in the industry trying to keep up on all the smart home news and want to see takes on it from someone who actually knows about the market, uh, please subscribe. I'd, I'd appreciate that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. My name is Michael Wolf. We'll talk to you soon.